This is Kristen. And this is Isha. Welcome to I'm Not a Peach Crayon. Welcome back to another episode of I'm Not a Peach Crayon. It is Thursday. Day of something. On a fine day. Yeah. And what are we talking about today, Kristen? Well, we are diving into African mythology. A few topics, I feel like. I yes. Don't know. But, uh, so we're reading at the end of this month, or we're already in the process of reading, but for recording at the end of this month, uh, this book that we've had sitting on our shelf for quite some time from Semicolon, uh, called Song of Wraiths and Ruins by, um, what's her name? Roseanne A. Brown. Yes. Which her middle name is for her day of the week. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. I was learning a bunch of stuff just today. Uh, so in the story, so today we were, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about. And I saw this, excuse me, I saw this uh, interview that I stumbled on at the last second. Like I'd been searching for two days and I didn't find anything. And then suddenly today it like blessed me with this one particular interview. I must have worded it. Today was search. the day. Yeah. It was it was time for you to find it. I must have searched, worded it the right way. But um, <clears throat> so she's talking about, it was the first time I found something where she was actually talking about what she wrote and why she wrote it. We can start with the, 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 the influence, the mythos influence behind the story. And so the author is um, Ghanaian. And she, so she borrows from North and Western, West African uh, mythos. And one of the things that I was thinking about, because I used to be a folklore major, was that many, 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 many countries, many traditions, cultures, like orally tell their stories. And so a lot of what we have is lost because it's very hard to have, you know, Especially, it's very hard to keep that tradition alive. You see this a lot with Native American culture right now going on where there are tribes where the last of their storytellers are starting to die off because it's kind of been lost and uh, the tradition has kind of been lost. And you see that when you think of African culture, African American culture here. Um, when, you know, slaves first were brought over, I'm sure they were telling each other stories from home to kind of keep that spirit alive and to like never lose touch with that connection. But you see maybe in American, African American culture, the, in areas where it's still kind of strong or like the culture is very strong there, you see remnants of those stories and how they've evolved over time with about their gods and goddesses and other deities. um, And how also they're influenced by the colonizers gaze when they had to hide that, you know, hide what they were doing, hide what they were practicing, hiding that last tie to their, their homeland from the overseer i'll just say true um and that's something that you you see in one of the videos that i i i stumbled into um because youtube has a treasure trove of uh information about west african mythology it's just finding sorting out what's really good information and fortunately the videos that i saw were very good and also who's telling right and talking who is about who it. is telling and who's talking about it and how they're they're mentioning it but one of the things that they were saying is is, is that for they um what i was looking at focused uh mainly on the orisha which is yoruba and and uh and fawn 
Yeah. But it's mostly connected with Yorobu. Yes. Um, so. I just don't want to leave nobody out. What they were basically talking about is that some of the names of the gods that you would find mm-hmm. um, for the Orishas, they've kind of changed when you get to the Caribbean or to Brazil, um, Brazil or um, South, uh, Central and South America, all those places. Yeah. As well as the United States, where in some places it's very, um, it's more popular, like you were talking about, where, you know, you have Vodun that, that is practiced. Mo- that most people um, know or recognize to be voodoo. And that's not something that I know very much about because growing up, it was one of those things that was, that was um, don't do that because that it's, it's evil. Mm. It's bad. um, It's ungodly. Um, And when you don't know anything about it, but all the things that you are surrounded by tell you that stay away from that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, telling a child don't touch the stove i mean yeah you don't want to get burned but you do need to have that stove to to eat and so Mm -hmm. it's just not it's not about not touching the stove it's learning how to utilize the stove Mm -hmm. properly and also i want to interject too like to your point the the media or like the popular culture's portrayal especially popular western cultures portrayal of those things to reinforce that it was evil so our parents our grandparents you know down generations you know prior to they're probably they're practicing speaking you know worshiping these deities but then you know years of having to hide it and then being for and it being forgotten and then being seeing you're being separated from your family in different capacities so you get caught off cut off even more and then you're raised by good christian white men to that that's evil and you see in media where like a lot of portrayals in the 90s when you saw voodoo it was witches and they were evil and they were they cursed you and there was that was and i think we talked about this when we did uh wand of the dead and i was telling you about the monstrum videos that i had watched about the the evolution of the concept of like a zombie and how hoodoo and voodoo and vodun were um taken bastardized stretched demonized by like western culture right and that also came up in when we were talking about um basically like black horror as well Mm. um when it when it comes to to certain um uh, my brain just kind of like fizzled out there for (laughs) at at the end but um certain types of uh myth mythologies and 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 folklore Mm. that are out there but like I said, the more that I saw, the more interesting it was to me and the more that I wanted to to learn about it because it it's it's such a complex system and which makes sense because there Africa is a huge continent with so many people and one of the videos that I saw and I was trying to remember the name of um who it was and it was Professor Julius. I can't remember his last name, unfortunately. Um, but he's he is um, a religious uh, professor for the University of Redlands. And it was called, I think, The Great Course, where he was talking about how he was discussing how it's such a huge continent and that the, with the people intermingling with each other and spreading apart, how 
things kind of like cross over and intersect as well. And then there was something else that I found very interesting is when he was talking about how for us here in the United States, we have a separation between church and state Mm -hmm. or religious, religious and secular. And, and we try to make sure it's defined so that what we try, like I said, we try. Uh, There's some who are like, no, no, we want to live in a theocracy thinking like that we do because that their theocratic rule will be the one that everyone, you can swear on pretty much anything or not at all, but you have some people who are far more zealous than others but we do have in our constitution a separation to make sure that there is no one religion that takes control to force everyone to basically do what they, they want versus they are, versus allowing people to have the freedom to believe what they want whether they believe in yeah. a god or gods or no god at all right this whatever that be may freedom be to worship as you so choose but. right but what he was saying was that regarding the gods and goddesses worshipped in Africa, in Africa, the dis- the the distinction between religious and secular mm-hmm. wouldn't exist. It would seem weird because they are so closely ingrained that they influence each other. It's just question then or now. I believe it would be then, but I don't okay. know about now. That's what I was. I've no, never. I have not been to Africa, and I don't like. I said, um, I don't. I don't. I, know I guess what it. you clarify. I meant like how he was speaking on it. Was he speaking in terms of like the? He was the, speaking in terms of the past. Yeah. Okay. But that was like I said. That was something that I found very interesting. Was that, you know, because as um not just gods and goddesses and spirits, but also animals factored into mm-hmm. a huge Your amount ancestors. of things. Like all of these things. And so it was like, it was just life. Yes. And so one of the things, if I would say like how I came across this is that if it wasn't for the fact that in college, I decided to pursue, um, on an offhand chance, I had taken a comparative studies class, and I had already, we'd always been fascinated. Like, I mean, we grew up reading stories, so I was always fascinated by the stories of other people and other cultures, especially knowing that all we mostly saw was white Western perspective storytelling. And so, I went to school, and I and to your point also, you know, there was a lot of it was either that or maybe Asian, Japanese, because of anime, the popularity right. of anime, kind of connecting to that folktale tradition. Um, when I was in college, I was taking Japanese, and I decided that I wanted to take Arabic, and so I started taking a comparative studies class, which led me to folklore, Arabic folklore, and. I was also taking Asian philosophy class. So I started learning about not just like the mainstream that we grew up knowing of because of what was globally popular, but I started to get like hits and and snippets and things like that of all these different pantheons of gods. And so like one thing I was thinking about and I wish I would have done was like I thought about taking Swahili and like two other African languages while I was there because I had the opportunity, but I was like, when am I going to use it? And I realize now they never really had anything folklore, folktale wise, if I had chose to study it, that was 
Afro inspired that was that focused on Afro culture. What they did have and what I did end up graduating was Afro Brazilian culture because when I was in school, we went to Brazil for this thing that I was a part of and I got to see this even though it wasn't direct it it wasn't Africa itself. I got to see this other form of storytelling and creation and 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 uh, what's the word? Culture building and world building that existed outside the context that I was used to. And so after that, I think it kind of kicked off. That was my my introduction and in wanting to know more. So you know, I've been learning more about ancestors right. and Vodou and Hodou, and like I wish I had knew a little bit more of where we came from, like specifically in terms of like connecting. But I'm just trying to not hodgepodge my own connection, but like understand. And how that affects me now and how, to your point, like what, how life would have existed with these kinds of concepts and these kinds of deities in mind that would have governed the culture in my day-to-day experience. If like, let's say our family were one of the ones who stayed, who didn't get kidnapped and taken, you know, to. Right. Like how would that have uh, impacted what, what we what we've learned and what we believe and how we engage with this world because I the biggest thing for me that's changed with also like being connected with or like learning about African mythologies and the study of their deities and spirits is that connection of ancestors and the power of like connection to your roots and ancestral history and so learning about those practices and those traditions have kind of in a sense opened up the space for me that I didn't know existed and I wish I would have had when I was younger but I'm glad that I have this introduction now so this is just my my introduction of how I started to learn about African mythos and and creation theories and like theology and things like that was like an indirect route to it I was hitting everything else and then I finally found like the closest direction was like the diaspora and then it was like oh why have we not had you know discussions or why was there not the offer for me in school when I wanted to study folklore like specifically afro african pan african you know culture and history and mythology I was only ha- and mysticism I only had access through afro brazilian culture at my school right I didn't even have that um where I went to school that wasn't even an that wasn't an option what I had was an African history course that I, I took because I wanted to I wanted to learn more about Africa and the history of Africa because I didn't have a connection when I was in college. So I took this course taught by a white male, a white man. Um, he was pretty not he was very knowledgeable about Africa. And to a point respectful of it but I remember when I my the topic for my um, paper was for the Democratic Republic of the Congo mm-hmm. and my professor pointed me to reading King Leopold's ghost worst story ever because I mean it is horrific mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still the things that have it. happened like I couldn't I couldn't finish it and I had to do it for a class and I was like horrific and I remember teaching about some of the things that I had learned from that from that book 
And I could see in the faces of my classmates that were pretty much, aside from, I think, one student that was actually from Africa Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was in the class with me, everybody was white. And they had completely kind of just, like, checked out, like, the, the things <laughs> the things that happen don't matter and i was just like then why are you here mm. it just because this Easy is an elective and yeah. pretty much and so that kind of for a little bit that kind of killed my desire to learn more about african history because it was just so it was it was so awful and i think it was because of how it was presented you know that makes me think of that conversation i was having with our cousin and I won't, I don't know if she wants us to mention her name, so I won't. But she brought up that, that concept of the way she was introduced to African culture, the continent itself. And it's like the things you see, the viewpoints you see are always of these, like, it's a third world country or it's corrupt and it's in chaos and there everyone's poor and running ragged in clothes and wearing our leftover garbage and all these negatives of with children with flies all over right. them the and blood need, diamonds and they all need this food and exactly uh and so we had this discussion about like the visuals that are presented to us again from like this wider global context of what's popular and what they're what they're willing to listen to or what they're used to or what they're comfortable listening to but not wanting to see outside of just the negative oh poor africa it's all this corruption we go over and save them sometimes but they're also savage they don't but they got lions and zebras in their backyard exactly but like exploring this fact that there's so much more and i was telling her how it again came to this point for for me and i think a lot of people of color especially black african-american people you know searching for that connection sometimes is that you start looking and at first you do get bombarded with just all these negative stereotypes or those recommendations for like the superficial books that just either talk about the just horror that goes on there but doesn't talk about the beauty and this is something else we were talking about in another podcast episode i can't remember which but like that ability to see both oh no i think this is something i was talking about for work because of chicago west side of like this you all you hear is about gun violence you hear about drugs and and all these other things on the west side and that everyone's and it's true there are people that are poor and there's a food desert and all these other things but there's also beauty here there's also potential there's also promise there's also this whole culture that no one ever talks about and everyone wants to forget they just want to they want to harp on all the negative because that's something that i hear increasingly in the whole um the current gun uh, the gun violence debate mm-hmm. is that they harken back to oh Chicago's violent and St. Louis and and exactly but I was like why do you keep throwing us out like we're we're outliers in all of this how like the question should be how are people still getting access to guns bullets and drugs when they have no access to jobs and like affordable housing and healthcare and all the things that they need so it was like you should be asking that question if you have to if you're if you're asking questions at all and also stop comparing our worst to your best and i know that that happens a lot cuz they're like oh we're going to compare the fact that people live in 
homes and they have like manicured lawns and they have resources and we're going to compare that to urban areas where all of those things were pretty much gutted and taken or they only exist for certain people that live in specific zip codes Mm -hmm. and those people who don't live in those zip codes that got left with nothing well they just have to fend for themselves you're comparing your best with someone else's worst and this uh this actually makes me think of something we were talking about before we started recording and you were mentioning um, to circle back to the mythology was that um, the concept of like hierarchies and how they were rating different um, religions and mysticisms and mythologies um, and belief belief theories, belief practices, belief something I can't, belief systems, thank you I was like there's a word, I can't think of it now now it's spreading to me um but just like that concept of even having to create a hierarchy. And I feel like that's, there's a certain mindset that comes with needing to have to show you're, you're the best or the top or like comparing in that way. It's like, why can't we exist and just learn that there's all these different ways? Because one of the things that fascinated me studying in college and just in general and still fascinates me now is that the multitude of ways that humans have learned to tell stories about the same thing where there's connecting themes even though they didn't have any connection to each other they weren't didn't have contact before a certain period of time but there's these connecting things but the ways that they tell it vary so greatly and it's so vast and it's just this vast experience of all these different monsters and and beings and deities and spiritual beings and yet one of the things like where hyenas there's werewolves. The concept of people turning into these dog-like people exists in so many different cultures that never had contact for a while, but like had these ideas of like the moon turns or there's certain times of the day or like during the day they wear human skin, but at night they turn into their hyena form. Like that's what fascinates me about folk tales and folklore and the developments of cultures is that you have these amazing systems that have been created to explain and talk about things and yet and and such the the creativity that exists and so like what annoys me to a certain extent when I think about me growing up in our childhood and what we had access to and it's not our parents I'm not blaming our parents please let me put that out there I'm saying like the system that gave us access to what we had is that I missed out growing up on these kinds of amazing stories. And so like, sometimes I find myself jealous of like little kids who get to have Black Panther and Wakanda to have this like connection to this mythos that's connected to this beautiful, glamorous culture. And one thing Roseanne was saying, Roseanne Brown was saying in that uh, interview was that this concept of, and it was, she was talking about the idea of tropes and how, she was asked how do you avoid like the tired trope kind of idea or how do you avoid you know telling the same story that's like oh that's been done we're over it because we've talked about that idea and quickly just what you were talking about because mm-hmm. I've, I've heard the same thing mm-hmm. specifically with regard to anime because they keep doing mm-hmm. s- certain things that are very popular and if it's popular you're going to see more of it because that's what's selling right but also what you when we were talking about the tropes what it occurred to me is also the fact that when it comes to tropes you can still do the same trope and make it a fresh take on an old thing mm-hmm. and and that's and i think that's the difference like with saba tahir's stories it's a fresh take on an old trope 
And that's what we've talked about is like, in in a lot of our story, yeah, the uh, children of blood and bones of just having, it doesn't, I don't, it's like the, the, we talked about the traveler's journey or the, the, the hero's journey. Journey, Right. And that concept. I don't mind that being the, the, the structure you use, but give me something different. Give me the context. Give me a different point of view, something that I would not necessarily think of because of the culture and the context that I've grew up in and expand my mind. And to what the, what I was going to say, what Roseanne was saying is that she was thinking about that as she was writing this book at first was just like, how do she, you, you first get caught up in like, how do I avoid the stereotypes? How do I avoid the tropes? And it's like, well, why do why do people of color now who are writing and getting, picking up steam and getting recognized have to create something entirely new? Why can't they talk about, you know the same concept and surprise me with something different right it doesn't have to always be based on token tokens fantasy or mm-hmm. arthurian legend show me some black dwarves and hobbits <laughs> and but you don't even have you don't well you don't even have to use dwarves and hobbits you can use whatever else that you can I'm find doing step right. for the people who can't who, who can't, can't move too fast that. i mean and not to get too far off topic but this just made me think of, you know, that shit that has constantly been going down with Star Wars fans. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek people are like, the fuck y'all? Again, Star Wars? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Again, Star Wars? I mean, Star Trek's not Even, perfect. Star Trek's not perfect. It is not. But, but it's it, come a long way. And it, and it did some things in the past. It's It did more than Star Wars has ever done. Well, I th- it's also because Gene Roddenberry was intentional mm-hmm. about certain things. Mm-hmm. About wanting to to expand beyond what was common and what was acceptable. And they pushed that envelope right. as much as they possibly could. Where Star Trek, Star Wars was like, you get one black person in the entire universe. And that is all you get. You realize that Han Solo originally was supposed to be a black actor, yeah, right? I know, and people lost their shits for that too. Yeah. They didn't think that they could handle it. Mm. And, and it's 2022. And clearly it is the they year still of our can't, Lord Beyonce. They still can't <laughs> handle it. I I just like the fact so this going back to the concept of fairy tales and folk tales and stories it's like you were saying at one point it's like who is telling the story who is telling the story their experiences their thoughts their feelings will influence the way the story is told and now we are getting more access to what I love about some of the books, and sometimes I gripe about, like, we're, we're reading a lot of young adult novels, but I think that's, like, where they're kind of dipping their toe in or jumping into the pool first. They're very popular young adult novels. Yes. Is that it's opening up this whole realm of stuff that I wish I would have had access to and I want access to, and it's giving me a taste and a touch. And, and I love that they're being creative, though, with it, too. It's not just like, here's our gods, throw it in your face. Uh, not throw it in your face, but this is all their gods and we're just going to copy and paste and put this here and then throw the story. They're actually being intentional with the way they're writing. It's like, I want to introduce you to my culture, but I also want to create, you know, world. I want to build world build and which you can still do. You can creatively build a world mm. that is different from something that has been seen using a, a particular trope. I mean, Person meets person. I'll say person meets person because mm-hmm. usually we're like boy meets girl. But person meets person. Mm-hmm. They go on this adventure. Uh, some things happen. And then there's a resolution. You could take that and you could spin it however you want. Right. You could add whatever you want. 
to the formula and you can come out with something different from what someone else has done. Right. And it's perfectly fine. As long as it's a good story. Perfectly valid. Yeah. (laughs) The only thing is it needs just to be a good story. If it's a good story. If you take me there, I want to go there. Let's go there. Take me to that great place where fun never ends. Thank you. No, I'm sorry. Where fun never misses. I almost messed up the line. It doesn't end and it doesn't miss. Thank you. Thank you. Both of those right there. (laughs) Both of them right there. But uh, what what I liked was that when I finally found her talking about her own book was that she said that she wanted to pay she wanted to pay homage to to her tradition by having you know sampling from different folk tales, but also creating something that is entirely hers and also being respectful to those religions themselves by not like I you know I guess Put, it, putting the I appreciate that mm. because when you said that I was like yes because. There are a lot of people who like to diss other people's religions. And I feel that you cannot like something or disagree with something without being disrespectful toward it. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that because the same respect that I would give to someone else's beliefs, even if I disagree or it's different from my own, is the mm-hmm. same kind of respect that I that I would appreciate in return. And I like the the fact that she decided to even though she's basing some of the the her her magic system and the gods and goddesses that you see in her story upon actual gods and goddesses that people worship she doesn't use the names and so you kind of you get a tiny introduction but it's not something that's that is being poked fun at or jeered at or Mm -hmm. someone could be like you're disrespecting something that i hold sacred and I feel like as a culture, we could probably learn more and and actually do that versus having these tired, these tired things of continuously making fun of people and what they believe. Um, mm. I know a lot of people don't like Christianity. That's fine. Mm. But that's one of the that's one of the major religions that usually gets bashed is Christianity. And Islam also gets bashed. It gets bashed in a different way. Usually those are your terrorists for some reason on every program. I was like, they're not <laughs> the majority of people who follow Islam are not terrorists. They're good people, just mm. like the rest mm. of us are good people. Why do they always terrorist have to be terrorist does not equate Islam and Islam does not equate terrorist. Right. Why do they always have to why does their religious belief always have to be the bad thing? The counter the, to Christianity? Not just Christianity, but just like whatever like or you could just say Western society. Mm. It's the it's the counter to Western society because we have to fight against Again, it. So it's see, like we're still fighting the crusade. That's the thing, because there's also that concept that Western society is what? Newsflash, we lost the Crusades for a reason. I know, but you, but you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's that counter to Christianity because Western culture is still, not that it itself is it's changing, but there's still that, that tired tradition of Western culture means Christian culture. Yeah. You know? And so that's why I say, that's why I say the antithesis to that because there's still that idea and that people hold very strongly that Western means Christian, means white, means, you know, yes, down the line. So I'm not, and, it, and, and, not and that's true, but that is true. But I feel like for, for people who are 
intentional and, and sincere mm. and serious about what it is that they want to put into this world I think that is a very good way to go mm-hmm. whether or not they do that is up to them but I think that's a good way to go Re- regardless of what it is it could be Buddhism Taoism yeah. whatever um, there are so many Hindi Hinduism whatever it is um, what was I going to say so do you have any- what was I going to say? I had one thought and then it slipped through my mind. Um, if only I knew. If only. Well, I'm not going to get into the, some of the, uh, not that I wanted to get into the topics. I just kind of wanted to broach how they intertwined with um, the concept of like mythos and mythology, but that I'll just bring it up next time. Um, but the one last thing I wanted to say is that we're going to, what is uh so one of the things we found while or one of the things i found while i was looking up stuff about this is this thing that roseanne excuse me sorry everyone i'll edit it out i know you will probably not uh that roseanne created was like this astrology she's really into astrology so she created with this mythos in her world building even astrology and so with it um everyone based on the day you were born is like the god you're associated with and like your horoscope basically and so Kristen, and it's very positive y'all do you remember what yours is and will you be willing to share it with the class i do i was born on a wednesday on a fine day bright sunny and beautiful one sweet day. the heavens parted it was great was that anyway. one fine day or one sweet day what's that one it was it was all the days sweet and day know you're shining down from me from heaven that's right i was shining the heavens were shining down on me that's right um but it is wind day with the patron deity santrophy the night jar and my alignment would be wind and i was like ooh, 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 because i love wind Mm -hmm. full of wind no (laughs) but i live in a windy city where it can lift you literally off your feet depending on where you are and how hard it's blowing that day Uh, Uh, but i i enjoyed it did you want me to read it what's your uh your your talents well what it reads is that wind aligned people are free spirits and you uh, you move easily from place to place making friends wherever you go Though your eyes are always trained on the next adventure, remember to check in from time to time on the people you met on your past ones. You left a deeper impression on them than you realize. Fun fact, you share your alignment with Karina, one of the protagonists of A Song of Race and Ruin. And when I read that, I was like, ooh, how does she know? Because I consistently am like, man, I can't wait till what's the next place? My brain is always on the future of like where I'm going to go next. And sometimes I have to remind myself to be in the present, but I'm always thinking of where am I going to be going? And I have a hard time Mm -hmm. keeping pace with people that I have met in the past that have been very important to who I have become and I have learned great things from. And if I did not have good friends that kept in touch with me, Mm -hmm. because I am abysmal at keeping touch with people, I (laughs) would... I would be friendless at my current age. And I hate to say that, but it's true. And I'm very fortunate to have good friends that are like, we need to hang out or 
Like I've reached out and texted you because then I'll be like, oh, I need to text that person. And then two, three months, a year later, I'm like, I haven't texted them. And it's not because I don't care. And it's not because I didn't see their message. It's because my brain sometimes is like the size of a pea. It's just like I blink and then that thought just goes away. Kind of like earlier on this podcast. I had a thought and it just went right on out my head. Yep. I totally understand that. I have to constantly, I have to set alarms sometimes to remind myself or task in my calendar to be like, hey, don't forget to text that person back. True. And even when I remind myself and put tasks in my calendar, I can still miss those. Mm -hmm. You just got to try harder. I know. I know. I'm a a work in progress. But yours was a, was, I would say was kind of like a book. Do you want to share yours? Mine was a book. Mine was longer Well. I'm not gonna read Actually, all I'm it. looking at it. I'm no, gonna, it's about the same amount. Yeah, you didn't do it. It's about like, the same amount. Don't be telling me I'm a book. I was just kind I of mean, like, oh, that's cool. I am an open book, but some of y'all be illiterate. Anyway, uh, my day, I was born on a Sunday. And if any of y'all know, it was when the rains came and cleansed the earth because it was a drought for two weeks. And I, when I, I decided to come through, I was like, bring the reins, y'all. So I'm a very healing person. Our, our mother was freed from her tribulation. I didn't do that to her. Well, I mean, for you were you were holding on from what she was saying. I didn't you like were because it was hot. Exactly. I brought- but yet you love the heat. You yeah. be out there like sunflower child. Yep. I also like dancing in the rain. I have so duality. you got the best of both worlds. I was like, but you were just like, no, 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 no. It was hot. I was like, T- just wait. The rains are like coming. Like it wasn't hot where you already were. I was doing a rain dance in her stomach. It just took a little You were encased in water. You were like, yeah. I'm still swimming. Yep. It's called a rain dance. I was doing a very intense rain dance. And okay. it took two weeks for me to get it together. <laughs> That's how much energy I was putting into it so I could heal the world. Anyway, I was born on a Sunday called Life Day. Uh, in the story, my patron deity would be Adanko the Hare. Which is funny because my Chinese Zodiac is the rabbit. Oh, that is funny. Right? So I was born on Life Day. And as a lifeline person, your t- my talents lean towards perception and manipulation magic. Much like my patron deity, Life Aligned people are quiet and perceptive. You tend to listen more often than you speak with a strong natural ability to tune into the emotions and needs of others. But you deserve to be in the spotlight, too. And you shouldn't be afraid to raise your voice and say what you need. And guess what, y'all? You're not afraid to do that. I mean, that is now. Yeah. I had to work to, work to be that. Yes, See? you do. You okay. did. And But you do like to be in the spotlight now. And you're more comfortable trying in the spotlight. To. I'm trying to. It's a day-by-day progress. And I just remember that I brought the reins. But also, fun fact, y'all. While Kristen is in alignment with Karina... I'm in alignment with the other main protagonist, Malik, for the book. Ooh. I know. So tell us what you think after. <laughs> we were, were representing both sides of the spectrum. Like, they're like, eh, is that, is that? But we will also, if you're listening to this at some point, you just have to go look on our Facebook and you'll see where we posted this. And you can let us know where you fall. Exactly. But until then, uh, what yeah, we're done for today. Yep. Time to put the crayons back on in the box. Look for us on all major podcast platforms. Don't forget to like and leave a review. Music by Moon Apple XX. You can find
find them on Instagram as well as Art Done By.